is here. Now, broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know, the media really are a depressing element in this society, don't you think? Even when there's positive news about the gross domestic product, positive news about unemployment, they attack, 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 attack. It's depressing. And so I want to circle back with you briefly. What is the purpose of a free press? What's the purpose of a free press? Is the purpose of a free press for anybody who happens to get hired by a media corporation to say whatever they want, to pop off, to point the nation in a bizarre direction? I'm not saying that should be stopped. I'm saying not by government, what is the purpose of free speech? Even more specifically, what's the purpose of a free press? Is the purpose of a free press to have a person like Don Lemon on five days a week who simply uses his platform to trash the president of the United States? Is the purpose of a free press to have somebody like Brian Stelter on weekends who has as his goal attacking Hosts on Fox and the Fox News Channel? No, of course not. When you look at the history of a free press in this country, the purpose isn't to give a platform to individuals to do whatever they want to do, even though they're free to do that, of course. The purpose is to strengthen American society. The basis of our government is really the opinion of the people. Here's the problem. When you look at the era of enlightenment, or what's sometimes called the era of reason, when you look at how so many of these these principles, these beliefs, came to be tangible, some governments adopted them, and our government adopted a lot of them. What's happening in our country today is an era of unenlightenment, if you will. I'll coin the word, unenlightenment. When you look at what passes as news in this country, porno stars, backbencher professors, um, failed authors, Michael Cohen, this tape, that tape, another tape, This is an unreality. And so the lowest common denominator is the the, the mentality of many of these hosts and their surrogates is what passes for news. But that's not what the freedom of the press is all about. Now, this is an important issue. The status progressives use freedom of the press 
to advance their ideology. And that includes tearing down anybody who doesn't agree with them. Even destroying anybody who doesn't agree with them. Now, they can pick a few exceptions and say, well, no, we played this guy and we showed this. But that's not their purpose. The purpose of CNN is to advance the status progressive ideology. Every host, or virtually every host, on CNN is a liberal and a Democrat. Virtually every host on MSNBC is a liberal and a Democrat. You might say, well, what about Fox? Virtually every host is a conservative and a Republican. Well, I'd say many of the hosts are Republicans. On the news side, I doubt any of them are. Sometimes it's conservative, sometimes it's more establishment. But here's the difference. You know what the purpose of a free press is? The purpose of a free press in America, of course, is to report the news. But the purpose of reporting the news and having a free press is to strengthen the principles of a constitutional republic, the freest, most humane system on the face of the earth. During the revolutionary period, the press, as we call it, relative handful of newspapers and pamphleteers, they had as their purpose to promote the American Revolution and the principles that were provided in the Declaration of Independence. That is to strengthen these principles, to advance these principles, and of course to report information. But that's not what the press does today. That's not what the press does today. And why? Because status progressives reject the Enlightenment. There I said it. They promote the unenlightenment. They promote the ideas of a handful of individuals. That's what they do. And then they pat themselves on the back or beat their chests about freedom of the press. They use the press. They use the First Amendment to advance their ideology, to call it news, to attack people they disagree with, who dare to question the status progressive ideology. And then they claim to defend freedom of the press. They're not defending freedom of the press. They're defending themselves. They're defending their own media operations. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to underscore this point now. I don't know that I can finish it in this segment. We may carry it over to the other one. Let us not forget what happened the other day with this woman, Caitlin Collins, who I'd never heard of before. I looked at her background. She's 26 years old. She used to work for the Daily Caller. She came out of the University of Alabama. She's a newbie with minimal experience, and CNN hires her as a White House correspondent. I'm not against 26-year-olds. I did a lot when I was 26 years old. When I was 20 years old, I served on my local school board and so forth. But freedom of the press doesn't rest or fall on Caitlin Collins and her conduct during the course of a non-press event. And the media know this because there was a time when Caitlin Collins, when she wrote for the Daily Caller, was despised by CNN, was despised by MSNBC because she asked a question 
that they didn't believe was newsworthy, and she failed to ask a question about Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. They denounced her, and they denounced the Daily Caller. This is just a year, year and a half ago. I'll give you an example. Wolf Blitzer on CNN, February 13, 2017, attacking the Daily Caller's Caitlin Collins, who now works for him. Cut one, go. It's uh, interesting that uh, the big news here in Washington, the fate of the president's national security advisor, uh, retired Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, uh, that was not asked of the president. Uh, and, and people are, of, of course, they're going to take a look, well, who are the American reporters that the White House decided uh, would be called upon to ask questions? Scott Fuhrman, chief political correspondent for ABC7 News, ABC 7 News, the local ABC and CNN affiliate mm-hmm. here in Washington, owned by Sinclair uh, Broadcasting, and Caitlin Collins, the White House correspondent for the Daily Caller, a conservative uh, website. Uh, people are going to be saying, well, those are the questions uh, that the White House, uh, those are the questioners the White House well, call, decided to call on for this moment. You see, you see what I mean? He doesn't believe in freedom of the press. He believes in the freedom of liberals, that is, status progressives, to use the press. Now, they hired Caitlin Collins shortly thereafter. She's now their White House reporter, among several. And now all the media have circled their wagons around her. But Wolf Blitzer denounced her, denounced the media operation she works for, denounced the fact that he, she didn't ask a question that he felt should have been asked, and went on to denounce a local uh, television uh, station, ABC News, owned by Sinclair Broadcasting, because Sinclair is considered conservative. I'll give you more. Brian Williams and Katie Turr on MSNBC, the same day, February 13, 2017, again, Status progressives, they think alike, they speak alike, they act alike, they party together. Cut to go. The news out of this gathering, however, is not anything either leader said. It was exactly the opposite. It's what wasn't said because it wasn't asked. There is no shortage of superb coverage coming out of this White House press corps that has been bolstered and strengthened and contains very few shrinking violets. Look at the work of Maggie Haberman and Ashley Parker, to name two, over just the past few days. But they weren't called on uh, because the questions went to a local news reporter from Channel 7 in Washington, D.C., and a young woman with the website The Daily Caller. And that way, no matter And that how- young woman, Caitlin Collins, is the same young woman a year later, working for CNN. So they're attacking her, they're attacking The Daily Caller, they're attacking the local ABC station, and they're attacking the broadcast company that owns it for not stepping into line. Is that freedom of the press? Is that a free press? And a little over a year, maybe a year and a half later, on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Jake Tapper, who is a complete and utter fraud, and now becoming a regular guest on Colbert, which demonstrates it. Very, very concerned about what's happened to Caitlin Collins now, just over a little year later. Cut three, go. And they said, we're having this thing and you can't come. You can't come because we didn't like your questions. They were rude. First of all, just step back for, this, uh, for a second and just contemplate the notion of 
anybody associated with President Trump thinking that a reporter is rude. So li- listen to this. Listen, is, this guy's supposed to be a news guy. And he's playing to the clapping seals in the Colbert audience because he knows they're all libs. We're not talking about anybody associated with Donald Trump. They think it's rude. You see, Mr. Tapper, freedom of the press is about the American people. And you're playing politics. Go ahead. The delicate decorum. <laughs> That's not how we conduct ourselves at this White House. Oh, really? Well, you know, you reporters should. Because you're supposed to be doing the people's business. The purpose of a free press isn't for egomaniacs like you and your colleagues. It's for we the people. So now they're defending Caitlin Collins' right to ask questions, rude or otherwise. Whereas before they were trashing her because she didn't ask the right questions as far as they were concerned. See the point? Go ahead. All right, that's enough. This is all staged. Clapping signs are going on and on. That's where Jake Tapper belongs. He's the Ed McMahon to Steve Colbert. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Freedom of the press is not the property of a news outlet. Or a self-serving reporter. Or a self-indulgent host. It is about sustaining a constitutional and free republic. That's why it's in the Constitution. Separate and apart from freedom of speech. Freedom of the press is not a megaphone for progressivism. And when we we really do not have a free press or when it is abused and misused. That is to advance groupthink or an ideological agenda. It's destructive of a constitution and a republic and liberty. It becomes the plaything of a relative few corporations and individuals. I'm not claiming to know the perfect manner in which a free press should function, but I can tell you, I know enough and you know enough to see how it shouldn't. They are weakening our republic. They are weakening our constitution. They are threatening our liberties. They're making a joke of the entire notion of freedom of the press. I'll give you another example with Jake Tapper, the Ed McMahon of the Steve Colbert show on The Late Show. Also last night, cut four, go. Here's the bottom line. The United States was attacked. The United States was attacked by Russia. Now, it wasn't like Pearl Harbor. It was a cyber attack, and it was a disinformation campaign. But we were attacked, and there was this investigation to find out what happened. All right, let's stop right there. And how much did Jake Tapper or CNN really expose this and how we were attacked and the failure of our government to fight back during the Obama administration? Didn't CNN go ahead and hire one of the Obama administration officials who failed to protect the country? 
Hasn't CNN used as confidential, anonymous sources in some cases, at least without attribution, some of the people in the Obama administration who failed to protect the country? Is it not an abomination that when Jake Tapper speaks like this, he fails to speak at all about those who should be held accountable? He says we were attacked, a cyber attack. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we were attacked in the last election when Barack Obama was commander-in-chief. He ran the Defense Department. He ran the CIA. He ran the National Security Agency and the National Security Council. He ran the Department of Justice. He ran the FBI. He ran the whole kit and caboodle. And Jake Tapper and CNN and the others, they didn't hold them to account. They are propagandists for the status progressives, the Democrat Party. Groupthink and one voice. That's not freedom of the press. The framers did not put the First Amendment in there to protect Jake Tapper or CNN. They put the First Amendment in there to protect you and me so we could be informed. Informed about what? Informed about our government to make sure that our government is faithful to its constitutional requirements and limits. That's not what Jake Tapper and CNN do. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Let me hammer down on this now even harder. Of course, a reporter, a media outlet, should see its responsibility in part is holding government officials accountable. They're corrupt, they're violating the Constitution, and so forth. But when they see their purpose as making it as difficult, if not impossible, for a president to function, that is not what freedom of the press is about. That's what status progressivism is about. This freedom of the press is not the privilege of a reporter or a news organization. It is a privilege granted to the American people. So, of course, there can be criticism of the government. There should be. Of course, there should be uh, monitoring of the government. There should be. But that's not the same as having as an agenda a purpose to advance an ideological policy perspective a political party policy perspective, and or to make it difficult, if not impossible, for a legitimately elected president of the United States to function. To function. Because then you have a privileged reporter or organization, corporation, which is abusing its power, claiming to be part of a free press, when in fact its objective has nothing to do with the press, with upholding a constitutional republic or anything of the sort. Now, let's move away from the philosophical in, the, in, the, in a sense here. Does anybody really believe that CNN 
even intends to be a news organization? Why? Because they sprinkle news out there? Like sprinkles on a cupcake? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's not a news organization. You know, you might say, well, neither is Fox, neither is MSNBC. They don't claim to be pure news organizations. CNN gave birth to this whole cable idea of cable news, cable news network. Isn't that what CNN means? But it's not really news. It's now working with Lanny Davis and working with Michael Cohen. It worked with James Brennan in the past. It's working with former Obama officials, former Clinton officials, other individuals who used to work for or around Trump, not for the purpose of providing you with information and news that of, 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 of substance type or, or, or quality that has anything to do with the republic. They are committed to sabotaging the president and his agenda. And that's what they do day in and day out. Let's go back to this clip. It's very telling of, uh, uh, what's his name, Jake Tapper on the uh, Stephen Colbert show. Cut four again, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. Here's the bottom line. The United States was attacked. The United States was attacked by Russia. Now, it wasn't like Pearl Harbor. It was a cyber attack, and it was a disinformation campaign. But we were attacked, and there was this investigation to find out what happened. A part of the investigation has to do with Donald Trump and whether or not anybody in his orbit cooperated. But there's this other larger investigation about what happened and how can we prevent it from happening again. And there are a whole bunch of people. No, 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 no. no. That's not what's happening. It's being investigated. How can we prevent it from happening again? Who's doing that? Mueller's not doing that. It's not even his job. Department of Justice isn't doing it. That's not their job. The FBI is not doing it. It's not their job. Who is who is investigating it so it doesn't happen again? I'll tell you who. The Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee, not the Senate Intelligence Committee, not anybody else. They're the ones doing it. And Jake Tapper and his network trash them all the time. Not because they're trying to edify the American people or hold the government to account, because they're advancing an ideological agenda and making it as difficult as possible for that committee to function, to even function. Go ahead prevent the investigation from going forward. I mean, imagine if somebody tried to prevent the investigation into how Pearl Harbor happened from going forward. You would say that that person is not being patriotic. This, this, this shows not just an ideological uh, point of view and utter confusion. It shows stupidity. Mueller is a prosecutor, Jake Tapper. He's not investigating anything to make sure it doesn't happen again. Prosecutors didn't investigate Pearl Harbor. The military investigated it. A civil commission investigated it. I have no problem with a civilian commission investigating what took place in the last election. But that's not what you're talking about, Jake Tapper. So you're talking not only out of ignorance, but you're driven ideologically. And you're insisting that this prosecutor be protected. This prosecutor who is burning through our Constitution each and every day with every motion and with every indictment. And the reason you're doing this, Jake Tapper, and the reason the entire lineup at CNN does this is because they want to make it as difficult as possible, if not impossible, for this president and his administration to function. 
That is not the purpose of a free press. The reason why CNN and MSNBC, but particularly CNN, kept bringing on the porn star and her slip and fall lawyer wasn't to inform you about anything. It was to make it impossible, difficult for this president to govern. Their whole point is to sabotage him and his presidency. And we don't even need to to get into all the details. I get into that frequently enough and and, and, uh, what motivates them and so forth. But that's not the purpose of a free press. Might be the purpose of an opposition political party. Might be the purpose of an, an activist organization. Might be the purpose of a union. It might be the... Fine. That's not supposed to be the purpose of a free press. But if you're going to conduct yourself this way, if you believe you're a 24-7 news operation, which has as its objective making it difficult, if not impossible, for the president to function, then you should at least openly, openly align yourselves with proper transparency and labeling. We expect it when we buy a can of soup. We should expect it when we listen to an operation like CNN, which is not a news organization. This is why so many of you get frustrated. Wonderful news comes out today. The American economy is growing, thanks primarily to tax cuts, because that's what tax cuts do, but it undermines the narrative of the Democrat Party, tax cuts. It undermines the progressive agenda, which is to centralize government and to raise taxes and to funnel as much money out of the private sector into the government and the bureaucracy. Moreover, Many, many people, if not most, vote based on how the economy is doing, specifically how it affects their own lives and their family. Well, the economy is doing very well. Tax cuts work. The GDP is over 4%. We haven't seen this in years. Now, the media do not have to pat the president on the back of the head. But these obvious, relentless, routine distractions have a purpose. And that is to undermine your faith in what's going on in the country, to undermine your support for policies that have created such outcomes, to drive the status progressive agenda, and again, to try and sabotage the man they despise who happens to be president of the United States. Again, that's not the purpose of a free press. Now, that said... Can people who own media outlets, can people who are hosts on media outlets, can people who are so-called reporters for media outlets do this? Of course they can. Should the government interfere? No, the government should not interfere. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is we need to have a discussion. We need to have a debate about what we mean by a free press because it's obvious the ethical standards are non-existent. There are no standards. They'll even hire Al Sharpton as a, as, a, as a commentator and a host. Miscreants and malcontents, conga lines of them. Eric Holder said we need to have a debate about race. We never stop debating race, but we never have a discussion about the press. Other than people coming on the air on TV and radio and whining about them. We need more. We need to get down to the nitty gritty. 
which is what I'm trying to do. You have media outlets that really do self-identify. National Review is an example. On the other end, The Nation or Mother Jones. Conservative Review TV. So forth and so on. But these network outlets and most of the cable outlets, they have as their purpose not to be truthful about who they are and what they are. So they use odd nomenclatures. They call everything they do news. Let us focus in on this Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta is not a reporter. He is in that press room for the purpose of disrupting the office of the presidency. He's not there to glean any useful information on behalf of the American people. He's not really there to drill down here and there and so forth and so on. He's a man of antics. He's a man of drama. He's a man who wants attention drawn to himself, an egomaniac. And what this Caitlin Collins did is of the same sort. Trashed a little over a year ago by Wolf Blitzer and others at CNN and MSNBC, and now she's held up like the the paragon of the First Amendment and free press. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You don't owe thousands to the IRS, do you? Probably not. So you don't know the depths of depression, sleeplessness, and anxiety my listener endured before taking my advice and calling Optima Tax Relief. Now, he owed over $40,000 to the IRS with no way to pay, much less the daily interests and penalties that keep compounding. He was in IRS crosshairs, aggressive uh, collection calls, threatening letters. And if you want to know what Optima did for my listener, my listener, and how little he ended up paying the IRS because he didn't owe the IRS. They just kept pounding him. Go to OptimaTaxRelief.com. Watch his verified video and prepare to be impressed. Now picture yourself with your IRS nightmare in your rear view. That's what Optima does. They know that behind every tax problem are honest, hardworking people, families, home savings, and paychecks that need protection. They've resolved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients. Why put yourself and your family through this? Visit my friends at OptimaTaxRelief.com or call their toll-free number, 800-499-6300. Let us go to Larry. Chicago, Illinois, on the Mark Levin app, and our great affiliate there, the great WLS. Go. Hey, Mark. Uh, just two points I wanted to make. One was the, um, you know, the media have damaged themselves beyond repair uh, since Trump got into office. I mean, when long I agree with that, by gone, the way, I agree with you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see when Trump's gone what happens next. But they they're completely damaged themselves. Mm-hmm. The other point was just that. You know, as much as they attack Trump, to me, the the, the most dangerous thing they do is um, really more things that they omit, that they purposely leave out. Oh, that yes. Are critical. And the, yes. Yeah. And the fact that they just leave 
uh, they will let a Democrat come on their, any of these shows and just get away with anything. That's a dangerous part. They, 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 they have a lot of techniques now. They'll bring in the most radical and outrageous individuals like Adam Schiff. Uh, they will bring in Stormy Daniels. They'll bring on now Lanny Davis, uh, who they're buddies with. They'll bring in, they hated Michael Cohen. Now you can't get enough of Michael Cohen. They hated Jim Comey. Now you can't get enough of Jim Comey. Uh, they're not the ones who got to the bottom of the dossier. Uh, it was Nunes and others who brought a lawsuit who found out who funded it. This is a massive scandal that's going on. And you'll notice when Jake Tapper made his comments uh, on the Steve Colbert show to a liberal comic, to a liberal audience, he talks about an attack on our election, a cyber attack. But there were two attacks, an attack by our own government and an attack by the Russians. And our own government, led by Obama, did nothing about the Russians and were involved in the first attack. And, then and, he's, and, he, and he's their uh, ace reporter and their ace journalist over there at CNN. That's why when he says, I stand for freedom of the press, and anyone who questions me is questioning freedom of the press. No, and first of all, you don't. And secondly, we're not. All right, Larry, good call, buddy. Appreciate it. Let us continue. Tony, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, our great affiliate, WPHT. Go. Hey, Mark. Um, freedom of the press, freedom of speech. If I can yell fire in a theater only when there is a fire, if there is not a fire, then I can be arrested. Now, what is the difference here? It's based on truth. Now, suppose I were to say, I think there's a fire in the theater. Do you think that would cause a riot? Now, let's apply this to the press. Every right has a responsibility, and the responsibility is truth. Our entire Constitution, our legal system is based upon the virtue of truth. And if they obfuscate and they do not try to apply due diligence and seek out the truth, they should be held accountable. All right, like all right, slow down, slow down before you get too whipped up here they can't be held accountable other than people stop watching them the government is not to interfere with them but what i'm trying to say is we need to have a national debate about this we need to have a national discussion about this i agree with much of what you said until where you were heading you do not want the government to get involved because think about it more times than not they control the government and we don't want the government violating any of the bill of rights we're not leftists but that said uh, we don't have to pretend that when these individuals who happen to be reporters, just like individuals who happen to be judges and justices, uh, when they're not, in fact, upholding uh, freedom of the press, that somehow they are. When they're trying to, as I keep saying, when they try to sabotage a president and an administration, not aggressively report on it, not to hold people accountable, but I mean day in and day out, issues big, issues small, and no issue at all, just spinning Oh, well, you know, that GDP it really wasn't uh, Trump. You know, that was Obama. And uh, we shouldn't get all worked up about it and so forth and so on. Their purpose is to undermine uh, a, a constitutional republic. It is not to strengthen it. What about all right, truth? Tony, anything else? What about truth? Where does truth fit in? Well, we know island? truth, truth, truth. The point is uh, there's truth. But sometimes when you report something. Uh, you may have an attitude about it that you don't think is true, but somebody else might think is true. I have no problem with that. I think we're well beyond that. 
Well beyond that, I think we now have news outlets and individual reporters and hosts that have as their purpose to undermine our republic. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin. Yes, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811. You know, I noodle on these things during the breaks. I want to keep going with this just a little bit further. Now, the media will tell you that their purpose is to protect us from the government, right? Protect us from the government. The media favor a massive government. The media favor politicians who favor a massive government. Members of the media are overwhelmingly status progressives, not constitutional conservatives. Most of them don't even know what we mean by constitutional conservative. But they know they dislike us. So, under the auspices of progressivism, they have this schizophrenic issue here, which is, on the one hand, they're to protect us from the government, right? On the other hand, they love the government. They hate Trump. They hate Republicans in government, unless, of course, those Republicans in government are uh, Republicans in name only. Protecting us from the government, they tell us. It's their responsibility to question the government. Now, if you're a conservative and you say that the duty of a patriot is to protect his country from its government, oh my Lord, what are you, militia? You're right-wing nut. And if you're a conservative, a constitutionalist, and you believe in the application of the Constitution, I mean, after all, there's our governing document, which puts a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, pads and breaks and all kinds of things, obstacles in the front, uh, before the uh, status progressives, then there's something wrong with you. Wow, what do you mean? You're against the New Deal? You're against this? And they'll give you the litany of big government programs and so forth. That's not a patriot. What are you, a militiaman? You're a right-wing nut. So their purpose, theoretically, right, is to protect us from the government. And when you and I want a smaller government, we're right-wing militia nuts. Because status progressivism is incompatible with constitutionalism. And that really includes, ready, taking it to the next step, the First Amendment, including freedom of the press. If you support a bigger and bigger government with more and more centralized authority, less and less responsive to the American people. And how can you claim to want to protect the people from the government? You see, what Trump has been able to do here and what the media really have done on their own is expose themselves, if I keep saying You have the greatest scandal in American history. It truly is. The instrumentalities 
of the biggest federal law enforcement department, as well as numerous top levels of our intelligence agencies, were used to interfere with the last election. And for the most part, much of the media have defended it or ignored it. Now, it's not like the media haven't done this before, as I've told you before. Like the New York Times has ignored even worse, even more. The New York Times downplayed the Holocaust. The New York Times downplayed the Holocaust. And yet it's the paper of record. Well, why is it the paper of record? Why should it be the paper of record? It should be a wrecked paper. No, 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 you don't understand. Freedom of the press, they're there to tell the American people what's going on, but they didn't tell the American people what's going on. Again, we don't seek perfection, but we do seek institutions and people who will actually try to do their best, right? To uphold freedom of the press. So they're going to protect us, you see, from a runaway government. Yet they support a massive government. Again, I'm speaking uh, as a rule. There are exceptions, obviously. Now let's take a look at Chuck Todd. He's got a very deep and long Democrat pedigree, Democrat Party, as does his wife. That's okay. In fact, that's commonplace, isn't it? Nobody will ever accuse him of being a conservative, a Republican. But is he a journalist? He's on MSNBC today. Is the purpose of MSNBC to provide news? Of course not. It's a clown show. Every loser Democrat you can think of, and losers like Scarborough, are paid, they're hired, to be stupid and to jack up their ratings. But here's Chuck Todd. He is a... uh, uh, a supposed uh, journalist, right? Hat tip newsbusters, cut eight, go. No, Savannah, you could tell there was sort of an urgency in the president's voice that bordered on of, of um, almost pulling a, pulling a muscle, trying to pat yourself on the back. He was, you could feel that he knows there's all these other headlines out there that are not good, especially this morning involving Michael Cohen, involving the Russia investigation. Um, frankly, even on the economic front, he got a lot of grief about trade from even fellow Republicans while traveling in the Midwest. So today felt like an attempt, and you could even hear it. He kept veering from his remarks and then going back to the remarks and extending them even longer, but all in a sense of trying really hard to, to say, hey, please pay, pay attention to the economic story and ignore the, all the other stuff. I get it. Politically, he needs to do this, uh, Savannah, but I can tell you there is a sense of where you overhype something, and there were so many times in, that, in those remarks that it felt overhyped on how he was talking about the economy. What is he talking about? Overhyped? Talking about the economy? Instead, he should let Michael Cohen and Lanny Davis drive the narrative? He should let this endless, preposterous Russia investigation, which has as its purpose to destroy his administration, he should allow that to be the news every day? But even more, is it not news, ladies and gentlemen, that our economy grew by 4.1%? Is it not news? Is it not important? 
Again, what's the purpose of freedom of the press? To provide information to the people so they can make decisions about their own lives and the republic? How is Michael Cohen related to that? How is this phony Russia investigation? By that, I don't mean the investigation of Russia. I mean the Russia investigation, which has as its real purpose to try and take down Trump. Let us go to Sam, Arlington, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Hey, um, so my thought is, you know, we've been hearing a lot about how it's dangerous to, you know. I hate it when we have a bad uh, phone line. Are you speaking uh, on a speaker or right into the mouth of a phone? Uh, hello, can you hear me? Yeah, that's better. And, and folks, don't ever talk on your speakers. It's rude. We can't hear you. Go ahead. Sorry about that. So we hear a lot about, you know, how this, these attacks on the press are, you know, dangerous to our democracy. We need freedom of the press and everything. But my thought is that just as dangerous to our democracy is a press that purports to be uh, independent and objective while purposely pushing a Democrat agenda, you know, purposely attacking our, our president because they don't like him. They don't like his policies. That, to me, is just as dangerous. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are. Well, I, I just said that if their purpose is to sabotage the president uh, and not really provide any useful information or checks and balances and that sort of thing, then they're really undermining the Constitution. And that's what they're doing. They don't like the outcome of the election. Uh, they don't like him. They don't like his policies. They just assume see him indicted and in prison or dragged in the streets like Mussolini. Uh, their agenda is quite clear. Thank you for your call, my friend. Ed, Greenville, New York, the great WGDJ. Go. Hi, Mark. How are you? Okay. Uh, I wanted to say that one of the primary things people are supposed to learn when they go through journalism school is to not ever make themselves part of the story. And that's all that these people have done. And why do they do that? Do they do that to uh, advance a, uh, a legitimate narrative, or do they do it to draw attention to themselves so they can get all kinds of deals and so yeah, forth? Yeah, to, to draw attention to themselves. They're all trying to one-up each other and be the one who, you know, somehow makes Trump like look like more of a fool or something. I agree. All right, let's go to Sean, Oakland, California, the great KSFO. Go! Uh, thank you for taking my call. I just want to say um, what I would like to hear more often, if possible, is when the event happens that uh, involves an African-American person and you have a segment on your show about it, it would have really great chance. I don't, I don't do segments based on pigmentation. I do segments based on things that interest people, the news, and so forth and so on. So I don't do segments on pigmentation. Now, I do talk about African-Americans. I talk about all kinds of Americans depending on the issue, the principle, the environment, and so forth and so on. So, but what I'm saying is, sir, is that it would be great for you to have somebody who is, actually would speak for the 88% of African Americans who didn't vote for Trump, so you guys can have a really true transparency, transparent debate. Gee, we, ne- we never hear from liberals here or anywhere else, do we? No, 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 no. no. What I'm, listen, sir, what I'm, what I'm saying is... I, uh, sir, I don't run my program like that. But what I'm saying I, don't, I don't bring people on who claim to represent a particular race. No, no, no. You're not listening to me. I don't do that. I don't believe in that. It's not claiming. It's just who the person is. Like, no, no, no. No, no, no. People don't run to lead a particular race. Lead the Jews. Lead 
the black people, leave the Latino people. We typically get elites who are self-appointed. Well, let me ask you something, sir. Did you watch my interview with Shelby Steele two Sundays ago? So uh, he's a Republican, isn't he? Answer my question. You didn't say Republican, Republican, did you? You said African-American. He's an African-American. But I'm talking about the other... uh, I'm not talking about it. I asked you, did you listen to Shelby Steele on Life, Liberty, and Levin on the Fox News channel? No, little dick, I didn't. All right, dump this fool. Oh, yeah, now he curses. I'm supposed to bring Sharpton on? I could mop the floor with him, but what's the point of that? What's the point of that? You going to learn something from that? No, of course you're not going to learn anything from it. Shelby Steele, you'll learn a lot from him, but of course he's not interested in that. Let's continue. Actually, I can't. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. We've got uh, four things now being pushed by the left. Democratic socialism, sanctuary cities, illegal immigration, and um, apparently funds to illegal aliens because they've been mistreated by us. Now, what kind of coverage is this received? First of all, those pushing democratic socialism are treated like celebrities. Bernie Sanders, they never lay a glove on the guy. Some 28-year-old economic illiterate who got 17,000 votes, they push her to the front of the news pages, the front of the news stories. She's a fool. She's a buffoon. She's like, has the mentality of a high school dropout, in my humble opinion. Sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities are justified along the same lines as the Confederacy justified nullification and secession. I've pointed that out repeatedly. What kind of coverage does that get? Almost none, or celebratory, if any. Illegal aliens. Illegal aliens are apparently put upon by our country and by you and me, the American citizen. They keep pouring over the border. Apparently, we keep abusing them. And then some kind of funds are owed, apparently, to illegal aliens because of the way we treat them once they get here. Has there been any truly serious reporting on these outrageous policy positions, this outrageous agenda, all of which undermine a civil society, including ours, all of which are contrary to constitutional republicanism, including our constitutional republic? Any serious reporting at all? No. If there's any reporting at all, it is unserious, and it is lockstep. With the left. You can go on and on and on about this. I'm not sitting here whining. Eh, Margaret. No. I'm saying there are legitimate things we can debate. And we ought to be debating about the press. As much as we debate about the House and the Senate. And the Supreme Court and the Presidency. The media as a, as a whole. As an aggregate. Are protected under our Constitution. So we need to have a discussion about it, not whether they should be protected or not. Again, I want to underscore the point. I'm not calling for any government interference whatsoever. Some of you might. I would never. But we, the people for whom this entire government is set up, you and me, it's for us. Well, we ought to have a say in this. We ought to debate it. We ought to have a chat about it. 
We had a gentleman call from Oakland. He was a racist. Something he said off the air, we had to cut him off. He seems to think what we're talking about is balkanizing and uh, having discussions based on race. He's an idiot. This isn't about discussions based on race. This isn't about the status progressive agenda. This isn't about ethnocentric politics, balkanization. This is about freedom of the press. Let's have the debate. What is it? Bernard, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, and it's an honor to speak to you, Mark. I just wanted to thank you for exposing the bias uh, in the media, especially with what you started the show off with, with the White House Press Corps. I'm a high school uh, sports official in uh, football and basketball, and I am supposed to be unbiased. I call it as I see it, and that's what I love about you. You call it as you see it. And if the press went out and rest it came the way that they report, they would get run out of the stadium, you know? And, Mm -hmm. And unfortunately... With what they are reporting, with their bias, the game in politics is our country, and they're ruining our country with Mm -hmm. people not digging down deep and investigating and just taking the headlines and just feeding them uh, and and not, not really critically thinking about what are they telling me and that there might actually be a bias there, and it's just ruining the country. I think they're definitely uh, making it more and more difficult for this republic to function. I'm not saying they should be uncritical. Of course, they should be critical. They should be aggressively critical. But that's not what they're doing. They're being critical for the purpose of, uh, of, of uh, sabotaging uh, this presidency. And any presidency, apparently, they disagree with. They never did this to Barack Obama. That's quite apparent, is it not? You are correct. All right, my friend. You take care of yourself. Quickly, Dan, Springfield, Illinois, the great WTAX. Go. Mark, I'd like to thank you for cutting through this fog. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you, it. sir. Thank you. Uh, I was an investigative reporter with Equifax before Equifax was a big uh, database in the sky for about 15 years, and we reported strictly the facts to insurance companies. And it feel, doesn't it feel like we're in a propaganda war? It's like they just want to flood the airways with anything so that the truth can't happen can't get out. It's really frustrating. I, I agree with you. It, what's going on today is more like freedom of propaganda than freedom of the press. No, I agree with you. Make Look, sense. I don't expect people to be perfect. I don't expect them to be uh, uh, absolutely apolitical, but I expect them to try the very best to be professional. Thank you, buddy. We'll be right back. Denali, the great one. The great one. And you can call in now. 877-381-3811. Jim Jordan is not just a congressman from Ohio. Jim Jordan is a leading conservative. Now, how do I know this? Well, I've listened to what he says. I've watched him for years. And he comes under vicious attack. That's how I know it. I know the feeling. Jim Jordan, how are you, my friend? I'm doing fine, Mark, and you know you know exactly what I've been going through. You go through it every day, so God bless you. And you too. So, Jim Jordan, you've announced to run for speaker. So, I guess your 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 main opponent is. Well, I, I think Kevin McCarthy, but you, you never know who who else may run. But right now, the main thing is we got to keep the majority. 
Because if yeah. we don't, these, I mean, you've been talking about this. I mean, they want to get rid of ICE. They want socialized medicine. They want to raise people's taxes. And they don't want the FBI to give us the information we're supposed to have. And most importantly, they're going to impeach President Trump if they get in power. So that's the most important thing now. But uh, we also, in Congress, we got to start doing what we told the American people we're going to do. We're just, the president's doing that, for goodness sake, but we got to start doing it in Congress. And that's why I want to be Speaker. Are, are you saying, then... That uh, as speaker, what you would do is you would lead with our principles because you think that they are persuasive and that we can win over more votes that way. We forfeit even before we have a debate. Take the omnibus spending bill, Mark. Schumer had shut the government down a few weeks before on a short-term spending bill. Remember this? It was like a Friday in March or something. He shuts the government down. He says amnesty is more important than funding the troops. And over the weekend, the American people told Chuck Schumer, you're crazy. And so Monday he comes back and says, Shazam, I'm going to open the government back up. Because and, and politically, he was getting killed. So he opened the government back up. A few weeks later, we have this big omnibus where we could have broke the pattern. The pattern that Reed started and Schumer continues, where for every dollar we commit to national defense, which, by the way, is where we're supposed to spend your tax dollars. For every dollar we commit to national defense, the Democrats say, we're not going to pass the defense bill until you give us a dollar for social welfare, big government spending. And instead of having the debate and saying, no, we're going to break that pattern, we're not going to raise any more, we're not going to give any more money to, this, to, to big government, instead of having the debate, we just forfeited and did what the swamp always does. We just said, what the heck, let's just spend more money on everything, spend more, drive the debt up to a trillion, our deficit up to a trillion dollars this year. We were so poised to win, but we, we, it's like forfeiting before they even kicked the ball off. Like, come on, let's 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 have the debate. That's what we'll do if I get the opportunity and the privilege of being a speaker. Why do you think, at least with some of the Republicans, uh, some of those who will definitely not vote for you, you know, a couple of dozen for sure. Why do you think your message of limited government, anti-corruption, national sovereignty? Why do you think that doesn't appeal to them? What does appeal to them? I think what does appeal to them is the idea that right now the process is so broken in, in Congress. It's government is governing by crisis. It's, it's wait till the last minute. It's a few people at the top make all the decisions. And remember, there are 240 Republicans, 435 members of, uh, in, in the Congress, and we each represent three-quarters of a million people. It'd be nice if we could actually weigh in and impact policy, particularly the majority, particularly Republicans who the American people put in power. But no, it's a few people at the top making all the decisions, and they tell you vote for this because you have to, because this is all the Senate will take, or this is all the time we got. That's baloney. Let's actually let the process work. Let's empower the members. That will appeal to, I think, people who aren't Freedom Caucus, people who may not be quite as conservative as me. I think that appeals to them because they're tired of just being told what to do and having to live with it. How does the uh, midterm election look to you? I know it's kind of early, but the way I size this up, and I'm not sure, is the Democrats... They, they, they have to make one of two choices, either embrace the ultra extreme of their party mm-hmm. or they have nothing to say, as yeah. opposed to the Republicans who should be embracing the conservative agenda and most of the Trump agenda. And I think that would be very effective. Yeah, I, I, I say it this way. In a year and a half, think about this. Regulations reduced, taxes lowered, economy growing. We saw today 4.1%. Economy is growing like crazy. Unemployment's at its lowest in 20 years. Gorsuch on the court, Kavanaugh on deck. Embassy is in Jerusalem. We're out of the crazy Iran deal, and the hostages have come back from North Korea. That is an amazing year and a half under President Trump. But when you look at Congress, of that big, long list right there, and I'm forgetting some other things that have happened in the year and a half that have been positive. But that big, long list, the only things Congress has really helped with is the tax cuts. So, And those are good things. 
But where's, where's Obamacare repeal? Where's reforming welfare and requiring people to work to get your tax dollars? People who are able-bodied. Where's building the wall and, and, and doing immigration like we're supposed to? And where's controlling spending like I just talked about on that big omnibus bill? Where's that at? We're going to hit a trillion-dollar deficit next month. So that's what the American people say. They said Donald Trump is doing what he promised to do, what we elected him to do, and what he said he would do. Where's Congress? But for taxes, we have not done what we told the American people we're going to do. And that's what drives them crazy. So between now and Election Day, we'd better show them that we are committed to what they elected us to do in 2016. And then if they give us a chance to lead again, and if I get the chance to be speaker, we are going to do exactly what we told them. I, I always say this. We make this job way, way too complicated. It's pretty darn simple. What did you tell him when you ran for office? And what did you tell him you were going to do? You got elected. You formed a contract with your voters. Go do that. And instead, we get to Washington, and that swamp gets a hold of everyone, and we find a million reasons why we shouldn't do what we said we would do and what we know we should do. And that's the problem. Are you saying we need new leadership because the current leadership doesn't make the case and can't cobble together a majority, and you could? How could we, how could we not? In light of what Chuck Schumer did— how could we not, going into that big omnibus, that big spending bill at the end of March, how could we just forfeit? I mean, we took a – remember what happened there. 2,232-page piece of legislation. We had 15 hours to look at it, one hour of debate on the floor. No amendments were allowed to be offered because we in the Freedom Caucus took three good amendments to the committee. You know why they weren't made in order? Because they would have passed. So that's, we, we, we funded things we said we never would. We didn't fund things we told the people we would fund, namely the wall. And, and that's the process. And you wonder why people are fed up with Congress, but like President Trump, because he's out there fighting and doing the things he said. That's the difference. I learned a long time ago, if you're not willing to risk it and go put it on the line and actually fight the, fight, the fight play the game, get off the sidelines and take a little risk, you're never going to accomplish anything. You might lose a few, but you're never going to win anything if you don't try. And our problem is we always forfeit before we're even willing to try. And it's, it's driving me crazy. I'm at the point now, like, look, I'm tired of this. I fight on the Oversight Committee and the Judiciary Committee to try to get the executive branch when they're doing, when they're targeting people to the IRS and when they're doing the crazy things the FBI's doing. But at some point, we've got to deal with other issues as well. And I'm saying, look, I'm fed up just like the American people are. I'm willing to step forward and see if I can be speaker and change the way that place operates. You... Uh... If you were to win, who would you want as the majority leader among the Republicans? I'll leave that up to my, my colleagues. Um, we're, not, we're not talking about a slate right now. We're just talking about me running for speaker. Um, and, and I've been amazed at the grassroots support across the country. Just about every, every I don't know everyone, but almost it seems every conservative group in the country has endorsed us. All kinds of people have said great things about us like you and like Sean and, and, and a host of other folks have said the same thing. So I've been I've been shocked by the grassroots support we're getting across the country. We're just going to keep keep going and talking to our colleagues, and and hopefully we can uh, keep the majority because that's so important. Like what we talked about, because we know what the Democrats are going to be up to, and then if we do, uh, we'll see what happens in the in the conference and see if I can win. So my listeners hear this and they say, "Well, we don't get the vote. What can we do? Do you want them to contact their members of Congress?" I, I, I want them to. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I never I never like to tell people to go 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 tell your member. But if you're your listeners, and I know you got a ton of them, if they think I'm the right guy, I want them to talk about it. I, and that is happening across the country. And like I said, I've been shocked at that, and I've been, you know, obviously um, pleased at that. But it's surprising to me that so many people, and I, and I think it just it just goes to this frustration. And you've said this, John, or uh, uh, Mark, you said this when in 2010 the American people said, "Look, let's we're we're tired of this Obamacare and this spending." 
They put Republicans in control of the House, 14, they put Republicans in control of the Senate, and 16, they elected a guy that everybody said could not get elected. And the American people says, baloney. We're so sick of that town, so sick of that swamp, so sick of the same old, same old there. We're willing to make Donald Trump president of the United States because he's going to go change things. And he has kept his word, but Congress hasn't done enough of it. Well, you know, you have my full uh, support, uh, Jim Jordan. Right. I appreciate everything you've been doing for this country, and well, I want to thank you. And, uh, I appreciate what you do yeah. every single day, talking about the principles that make our country this special place that it is and the greatest country ever. So I, I appreciate that, and I appreciate your support. Well, thank you, and, and I would encourage my audience, you're not, I am, uh, if you agree with me on this, that uh, Jim Jordan ought to be our Speaker of the House, then please do contact your member of Congress. Have a great weekend, sir. God bless. Thanks, Mark. Take care, buddy. Thank you. All right. Take care of yourself. Now, I don't run for the hills when somebody's under attack like him. I haven't seen a damn piece of evidence that he did anything. And by the way, I want to mention one other thing. Kimberly Guilfoyle. Mark, don't get in it. Let me tell you something. I met her once in my whole life when I was on Fox and Friends once with one of my books. I believe that's the only time. And I would watch her on TV as I watch other people on Fox. And I thought her to be extremely intelligent and articulate. And so she and Fox divided ways. They split. That happens. Then I read something in the Huffington Post. A complete smear job. I haven't talked to her. I don't want to talk to her. I don't even know how to get a hold of her. Her lawyer, anybody. But she already left. And somebody leaked all this filth, all these smears against her. She doesn't even have a platform now to defend herself. And I'm guessing it's the deep state in a corporation. I'm guessing it involves lawyers. I don't know. But to dump all that stuff on somebody who's already left, I just find that outrageous. Not accusing anyone. I don't know who did it. And, of course, they dump it to the Huffington Post, which is a left-wing fake media site. I just don't like to see people destroyed like this. Friend, acquaintance, somebody I watch on TV. Uh, It just, uh, she already left. What was the point of that? Yeah, I, I, uh, I just felt the need to speak to that. No other reason than that. You know, I saw this article last week about how the air pollution in national parks is as bad as the top 20 major cities in the United States. I'm sure the left's going to blame this on Trump's press conference, too. Now, the reason, apparently, is because these parks are downwind of air pollution sources like agriculture, industry, major highways, urban areas, so forth. So basically, there's nowhere to run except inside. And we now know that indoor air quality is often worse than the air outside. This is why I go to filterby.com and keep a fresh set of filters in my home's central air system and at the office. And by the way, how do I get them? I get them also. I replenish them through a schedule that I set up with FilterBy. FilterBy is America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses with over 600 sizes that ship for free within 24 hours plus. They're manufactured right here in America. I strongly recommend you set up that auto delivery I just spoke about so you don't forget to regularly switch uh, your filters. 
Get the dirty, musty ones out, put in fresh ones. Plus, they'll knock 5% off the order when you sign up. Save time, save money, breathe better with filterby.com. That's filterbuy.com. Filterby.com and tell them Mark Levin sent you. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. This Sunday, my special guest on Life, Liberty, and Levin, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on the Fox News Channel, is Alan West, retired Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. Man, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. So uh, I hope you'll tune in. I know you'll enjoy it. If not, record it. You'll want to see it later, I'm sure. 10 p.m. Eastern time, Life, Liberty, and Levin, Sunday. It's the perfect way to end your weekend. It really is. Our long-form interview, obviously you people love it. The ratings are through the roof. We very much appreciate it. I'll do it as long as you're interested in it. When you're not, I'll just stop. Also, the special 1,000 of you. Now's the time to hurry up and join us at CRTV and watch Levin TV. I want to do this because it's going to especially annoy our, our folks who answer the phones. And they're good people. The government is shut down. On the East Coast, it's almost 8 p.m., which means we're freer than we were yesterday. But I want as many of you as possible to sign up for CRTV right now or sign up for your family members or friends. I want us to overwhelm our call center and show them how interested you are in this. Because I think they're asleep at the phone. You'll be able to check out. So call 844-LEVIN-TV right now, 844-LEVIN-TV. Then you can sign up. You'll get 30 days free to see if you like it. You'll get to watch me on Levin TV as well as 20 other wonderful hosts. Anytime you want. You can watch it on any device too. But I'm, I'm testing this. Let's see if we can overwhelm them. Overwhelm them. Call Lock in your subscription at the price it is now. Lock in your 30-day free uh, trial period before that's removed, and it will be removed at some point in the near future. 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. Now, by the way, would you pay your hard-earned money to join an organization that fought tooth and nail for a government-run health care system? How about an organization that scripted portions of White House speeches behind closed doors? to ensure the passage of the Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare. Or an organization that stood against tax cuts for middle-class Americans and small business owners. Would you join an organization like that? No. Then don't join the AARP or leave it and join AMAC, the conservative alternative instead. Now, AMAC offers outstanding benefits and discounts. Benefits and discounts. But without this left-wing radical agenda, become an AMAC member like I am, and you can become a member right now. Just go to AMAC.us. Wouldn't you re- rather belong to a patriotic organization that fights for your values and principles, that believes in securing the border, that believes in private property rights, that believes in liberty and individualism? Well, that's AMAC. AMAC is the way to go. There's a ton of work to be done, and AMAC is asking that you help them fight the good fight by becoming a member today. So you get the great discounts and benefits, plus they fight for your values and principles. 
Join right now. Go to amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. AMAC is better, better for you, and better for America. Let us go to John Fayetteville, Arkansas, the great K-F-A-Y. Go. What's up, my boy? Oh, how are you, buddy? Hey, Mark. Long-time listener, man. I've been a conservative in college with Reagan. And, you know... Wait a minute. You went to college with Reagan? No, when Reagan... I'm sorry, when Reagan was president. He turned me into conservative. But here's the biggest fear that real conservatives have had, and that is the incrementalism of socialism and communism. And they used to get away with it in the press with the Dan Rathers. You know, you, you could sense and you knew he was liberal, and then he gets off the air and he just goes crazy. So they've been able to hide it. And then Trump comes along and calls them out on it, and now they're just full-blown out of the closet. And so I'm actually kind of glad. I'm really glad it happened. So we now know where they really stand. And secondly, that's why they're trying to keep Cortez so quiet, because their incrementalism. No, 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 no. Cortez hasn't been kept quiet. They put her out there for weeks and weeks and weeks, if this is what you mean. And now they're embarrassed, and now they're trying to pull back. Because they can't can't incrementalize her. In other words, they can't Nancy Pelosi that where they take your rights away slowly. That's what that's the biggest fear of socialism is in this country is they slowly take your rights. And no, no, this away. is a good point. So Bernie Sanders and uh, Ocasio-Cortez, they're kind of giving it up by being way too black and white, way too blunt. Without, a, without questioning it. And, and that's why you see all the other liberals saying, oh, no, be quiet. We, we, we're not really aligned with him. And I'll get off the phone after making this one point. You know. The election meddling, I am so glad this is coming out because the Democrats are perfect for this. Look, they tried to rig the FBI, for God's sakes. So, All right, buddy, I got to go. The music means I'm out of time. Folks, one magnificent hour left. Don't leave us. I shall return. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. The future of the Democrat Party, ladies and gentlemen, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She got 17,000 votes. That's something, give or take. In a Democrat primary where almost nobody showed up, in a district that was increasingly Latino, and uh, the world is supposed to change. I say good. Keep her out there. Keep her out there. And let us help. Thanks to our friends at Campus Reform, here's the, as Mr. Producer puts it, the dumbest three minutes Probably in broadcasting history. A montage from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Cut 10, go. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, just elected, 28 years old, uh, self-proclaimed democratic socialist, which has a lot of people talking. Uh, What are your views on her so far? Um, I mean, I've heard only positive things. We love her. Yeah, we do love her. I voted for her because I'm from Queens. Uh, It was great. It's a breath of fresh air, and I hope it follows through into November. I like her spirit and um, that she's very different. People tend to freak out when they hear the word socialism. 
like apply to anything. Um, why do you think that is? I think there's this old way of thinking about it. What do you think the government should be subsidizing? Um, so her platform includes um, free health care, college tuition, the minimum living wage, housing as a human right. Are those things that you think the government should be providing for people? Absolutely. Are those things that you would support? Yes, it is. Are those all things that you would support the government subsidizing? 100%. I feel like everyone should have like um, free um, education and health care. How are we going to pay for those? Oh, God. I mean... Us. Us, you I know. guess. Yeah. Who, in your mind, should pay for all of the free things? All of the free things? Well, some of it should come from taxes, but the government should pay for it. But the government is funded by taxes. Yeah. I don't know where the money would come from, but they can figure it out. Okay. <laughs> More taxes on the rich people. Yeah, for sure, man. Like, they can afford it. Tax corporations, let's tax the 1% and find a way to support a living wage. The people with a good idea and a good reason to spend their tax money wouldn't mind actually paying more taxes. There are so many of these countries out there that are employing a lot more socialism in their government and into their politics, and they're doing really well, so. Is Venezuela doing that? Ooh, I don't know too much about Venezuela, honey. I think they need to, I mean, are, are they still communist right now? <laughs> like, they're technically socialist. Okay. I don't, I don't okay. know, honey. Look at other countries, it works. Like other countries, you pay higher taxes, but your government Oy. takes care of you. So when you see the social system failing in Venezuela, does that concern you? I mean, yeah, yes. obviously. <laughs> My family's Cuban, and like I've seen the downfall of like extreme leftism, but also like I see how it like boosts the community, and like it has its up and downs. And I think we can definitely learn from history okay. on that terms. Okay. Our country needs change, and if it has to be on the opposite side. On the extreme polar opposite side, maybe it's what we need. Privatized health care is a huge issue, and if it was a government-funded thing, that would be, you know, when there aren't... Do you think the government would run it more efficiently? In a perfect world, sure. I'm liberal. I don't know exactly, like, where I'd stand, but I know, like, democratic socialism is better than conservative. It's just better than... It's the better option. In what way? Um, I, when I think of it, I just think of, like, more open-minded people, people that aren't, like, as economically conserved. Mm, well, there you go. It goes on and on and on. Now, Alexandria Alcázar-Cortez was on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. And it was actually quite shocking. Obviously, I don't watch that show. Nobody else does either. But it was quite shocking. We want to give a hat tip to our buddy Brian at Right Scoop. Listen to this. Cut nine, Go. If people pay their fair share, if corporations and the ultra wealthy, for example, as Warren Buffett likes to say, if he paid as much as his secretary paid, 15%, if he paid a 15% tax rate, if... uh, Stop. I would kill to pay a 15% tax rate. My effective tax rate is 50%. She's a moron. I would kill to pay a 15% tax rate. Go ahead. Uh, if, we, if we reversed the, the tax bill, but when raised our, our corporate tax rate to 28%, which is not even as high as it was before. Right. Um, if, we, if we do those two things and also close some of those loopholes, that's $2 trillion right there. That's $2 trillion in 10 years. And it's wide, one of the wide estimates is that it's going to take 3 to $4 trillion to transition us to a 100% renewable energy economy. So we got $2 trillion from folks paying their fair share, which they were not paying before the Trump tax bill. Right. They weren't, no, like, 
they weren't paying that before the Trump tax bill. If we get people to, fa- to pay their fair share, that's $2 trillion in 10 years. Now, if we implement a carbon tax on top of that so that we can transition and, and financially incentivize people away from fossil fuels, if we implement a carbon tax, that's an additional amount of, um, of, of a large amount of revenue that we can have. And then the last key, which is extremely, extremely important, is reprioritization. Just last year, we gave the military a $700 billion uh, tax, uh, budget increase, which they didn't even ask for. They're like, we don't want another fighter jet. Like, they're like, don't give us another nuclear bomb. You know? right. they, they didn't even ask for it, and we gave it to them. And so a lot of what we need to do is reprioritize what we want to accomplish as a nation. And really what this is about is saying healthcare is important for us, enough for us to put first. Education is important enough for us to put first. And that is a decision that requires political and moral courage from both parts of the aisle, period. Let, let me say one thing that's very positive coming out of her comments. If you are a complete idiot, you can get elected to Congress, too. Rambling on, if this young lady was sitting in your high school political science, social studies, history, current events class, whatever you want to call it, you'd be rolling your eyes. The stupidity, the, the, uh, the confusion... It's just alarming. Absolutely alarming. And they push her out there. Now, Mr. Producer, I want us to try again. We've tried to get her on the radio show, correct? My guys have tried to get her on Levin TV. My other guys have tried to get her on Life, Liberty, and Levin. She won't come on. Just be very polite. Say, hey, look, he wants to have a serious discussion with you about democratic socialism versus republicanism, little r, and capitalism. That he, that is I, believe is far more compassionate and humane than democratic socialism. And we can do this for a whole hour. I'll have her on for the entire hour. Let's give it another shot, okay? I'm quite serious about this, folks. And I, I won't, I mean, it'll be tough. I won't be snarky or sarcastic or won't talk down to her. I say, it'll be tough, but keep it at a very high level and let's get at it. Same with Bernie Sanders, her mentor. How many times have we asked his office to come on this show? Repeatedly, right, Mr. Producer? What do they, they just ignore you as at it? They don't even answer you. Yeah. Why am I part of the proletariat or something? Uh, we've tried to get him on my Fox show. We've tried to get him on uh, CRTV, on Levin TV. It just won't answer. Why do they hide from me? I'm just a stupid talk show host, just a right-wing conspiracy cook, you know. But I want to talk to them about their philosopher kings, about Hegel, Marx, and Engels. I want to talk to them about their views on government, their views on public policy. I want to talk to them 
about the Constitution, whether or not they support it, and the wording in the Declaration, what they think about it. How hard can this be? I'll talk to them about all the big taxes. We can talk about taxing, taxing the rich, the top 1%, free college, free health care, free this, free that. I don't know why they don't want to talk to me. Be more than happy to talk to them. In fact, Bernie Sanders can even go on and on about tariffs. I'm happy to talk about that, as you well know, folks. Sure, we'll talk about tariffs. Whatever he wants. I'll be right back. I want to show you how our free press media are conducting themselves with respect to Brett Kavanaugh and his nomination. Or is it his wife? Has Brett Kavanaugh's wife been nominated to the Supreme Court? Ashley Kavanaugh? Well, National Review is reporting that the New York Times and the Associated Depressed have filed public records requests for emails sent by the wife of Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh during her tenure as a local town manager. The Maryland public records request obtained by the conservative political advocacy group America Rising Squared specifically seeks emails sent or received by Ashley Kavanaugh containing politically charged words such as gun, abortion, and gay, among others. Mrs. Kavanaugh previously served as the first secretary to George W. Bush is currently the Chevy Chase, Maryland, Section 5 town manager. The Associated Press records uh, a request forgoes the time specificity, instead seeking all emails sent or received by Mrs. Kavanaugh during her time in office. Mr. Kavanaugh, a two-time Yale graduate who previously served as a federal appeals court judge, has come under recent scrutiny for his service in George W. Bush White House, where his critics allege may have been involved in crafting the legal underpinnings for the CIA's enhanced interrogation program. Well, to me, that's a feather in his cap. He is denied under oath having any knowledge of the legal work uh, that uh, justified the program. Look, look how they look. Look at this. So now, if you supported our effort on 9/11 after we were attacked to get information, to make sure we're not attacked again, now you are disqualified to serve on the Supreme Court. Moreover, we want to know what your wife has to think and say, say the New York Times and the Associated Press. This is so pathetic. It's the freedom of the press. Free. We just have a right to know. We have a right to know because we want to know. Is she serving on the Supreme Court? No. No. What, had, what did uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's husband think about things? I don't know. I don't think they ever filed for a request on him. How about Sotomayor's husband, assuming she has one? I don't know. How about Breyer's wife, assuming he has one? We don't even know who their spouses are. And I'm sure all the women's civil rights nah, groups are going to step up, disgusted by this Holocaust-denying New York Times and the Associated Depressed trying to dig up information on Mrs. Kavanaugh. I don't believe she was nominated. What next? Do you want the elementary school records on the little girl? Or the middle school or high school records on the older daughter? Sure. 
You know, these Democrats conduct these these outrageous investigations. You got the Russia one going on. Now you got them not only going after Kavanaugh, but going after his wife. And we sit here like a bunch of bumps on a log while they take this country over. They use the Constitution against the Constitution. The New York Times doesn't represent me or the vast majority of the American people with this kind of request. Neither does the Associated Press. They're hiding behind freedom of the press. This has nothing to do with freedom of the press. It has nothing to do with anything except advancing the agenda of the Democrat Party and the progressive movement. There are legitimate questions to ask Mr. Kavanaugh. These are not them. These are not them. These are phony news outlets. Unbelievable. And I'm sure Jake Tapper did a whole report on it today. Or maybe when he shows up as the Ed McMahon to Stephen Colbert, he'll mention that. Hey, you know what? You know what, Stephen? It's really inappropriate. Shut up, you idiot. Who the hell's Jake Tapper anyway? Tapper rhymes with clapper. There you go. All right, let's take some calls, shall we? David, Wausau, Wisconsin, the great WSAU. Go. Go. Uh, Mark, I'm calling to say out of all the conservative people. I've Sir, we can't, we can't hear you. You must be on a cell phone in a car. Is that right? No, I'm on a cell phone, not in a car. All right. Turn, turn your body a little bit. Let's see if that's better. <laughs> okay. All right. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Now we can hear you. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, oh, sir, to anybody I listen to demanding comprehensive reform of mainstream media news, nobody's doing it. I'm waiting for somebody to do it, and I think you're closer than anybody out there. David, I want to thank you for your very kind words. The connection is so bad, though. I apologize. I just want to have a discussion about it. They keep bringing up freedom of the press. I want to have a discussion about what do we mean by freedom of the press? What do we mean by freedom of the press? I'm not going to do my first hour again. You can listen to it uh, over the weekend, but I think that's a debate we need to have because I think these current individuals holding these current positions, most of them, not all of them, but too many of them, are... uh, are undermining our republic, are undermining our civil society. No, I do not believe the government should intervene any more than I believe it should intervene in any of the other areas of the Bill of Rights. But that's not my point. Craig, New York City, on the Mark Levin app. Go! Yes. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay, okay thank you. Um, yes, uh, you know, Why do all the connections suck? We have to make sure when people call that I can hear them. Otherwise, there's no point to this. Go ahead. Okay, yep. So anyway, um, this video issue is a real problem, and, you know, I agree with you. Chuck Todd is the worst. It used to be nice to watch. Sir, I apologize. The connection's awful. Mr. Callscreen, to watch these connections. Otherwise, I can't hear them. Sarah, Forrest, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Hi, Mark. Um, I'm I'm so honored to talk to you. Um, I was just telling Sunscreener that I'm also 28, and I am just appalled by this Andrea Oscacio- Cortez. Alexandra. What was that? Alexandra. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm just appalled that my generation, they think that socialism is okay and it's what we want. A, obviously they're very uninformed. Well, let me say this. Everyone in your generation doesn't, but too many do. 
Right. But too many do. And you, I can already tell in three sentences, you're ten times smarter than she is. <laughs> well, thank you. That means a lot coming from you, Mr. Levin. But, uh, but don't run in her district because you would lose. Now, what does that tell you? It tells, <laughs> right. you, it well, tells you the, le- the left like hearing about democratic socialism. And there are people in the Democrat Party who truly do support it. It's terrifying. So It is terrifying. Yeah. All right, Sarah. Thank you for your call. It is terrifying. But uh, we had a real debate on that, too. But one debate at a time, because I don't think the left can handle too many. We'll be right back. Radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Did you know that good blood pressure is one of the keys to heart health and overall well-being? This is important. I speak as somebody who, well, who suffered a heart attack and had bypassed multiple stents. The good news is that consuming beets, a simple lifestyle change, can help support healthy uh, blood pressure levels. And drinking super beets every day is the best way to get the right amount to make a difference. One teaspoon of super beets, one teaspoon, the recommended daily serving, is verified to provide the nitric oxide equivalent of three whole beets, which helps support healthy blood pressure levels. Only Super Beets is made from beets grown to exacting standards, then concentrated into uh, superfood crystals. So if you want to have heart-healthy energy and improve your mental focus, give your body what it needs and start drinking Super Beets today. It's very simple. Give it a try. Here's the number, 866-205-4907. You need to write it down because it's not an easy phone number. 866 205 4907. Or you can go to superbeats.com backslash Levin. That's pretty simple. Superbeats.com backslash L E V I N to find out how to get a free 30 day supply, indicator testing scripts to show how it's working, and free shipping with your first purchase. And by the way, it tastes great. I don't even eat beets, but I like super beets. Call 866 205 4907 or go to superbeats.com slash Levin right now. I really want to encourage you to try this. It's natural. It works. It tastes good. You're only talking about one teaspoon a day, by the way. One teaspoon a day of Super Beats. So I want to encourage you to call 866-205-4907 or go to superbeats.com slash L-E-V-I-N that is Levin. All right. Let's see. Who do we have here? All right. Hold on. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right. Here we go. Carl, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Thank you for taking my call, Mr. Levin. I listen to you religiously. You're welcome. And I watch you on television as well. As well. I wish you would. Well, you're very religious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fox News. Anyway, but that's not why I'm calling. I am a Democrat. And I consider myself a liberal, and I would appreciate that you wouldn't lump everyone together 
in the, in the liberal class. In other words, it's, it's an insult. Well, sir, as much, as much as I would like to talk about you and your next-door neighbor and the guy down the street, it's not possible. I Let's, often say generally, but not exclusively, or most, but not all. People understand that. It's like when you use the word mankind. It doesn't mean just men. It means women, too. It means children. It means humanity. But you're a liberal. You're smart enough to know that. That's right. I am. All right. What's your so, question? It's not a question. It, it was a request that you, you're... That's it? Yelling every night, bashing the left. That's, that's it? Well, sir, of course I'm yelling, bashing the left. I'm a patriot. It's rude. It's, it's, it's obnoxious. And it it's is? And it's not going to get anywhere. It's only going to propel people to get out there and vote against the right. So for, why do you for, listen for every office. night? So why do you... Hold on now. Slow down. Why do you listen every night? I, I listen. I'm in the You listen to my radio shows. You watch my TV shows. And now you think you're my producer. A typical yeah, no, liberal. Can I finish? No, you're Can being rude. You, you don't want to hear. You don't want to talk sense. You just want to talk over me. No, right. Of course, I want to talk sense. Tell you know what? Do we have our liberal clock, Mister Producer? Go right ahead, sir. Okay. There you go. <laughs> give me, give me a good solution. All right. You just Stop. killed ten seconds. Let's go. I I, used to, I listen to radio a lot, and of course, since the nineteen nineties early 2000s, when they deregulated the FCC rules, I can no longer listen to a radio station that has views from the left and the right. It's nothing but the right. And I can't get good information on both sides. All I hear is the right. Oh, I'm sorry. Would you like some free government cheese, too? Not sorry. This is, this is the play you've had going oh, on. Oh, this is the play I have going on. And you Please. listen to me every night. And you watch me on TV. You sound like a kook. You don't like it? I'm turning people off, but I can't seem to shake you like a bad rash. Why is that? Scream, scream. No, you're Get the out rat. the phone, you idiot. There, I screamed again. Ian, Burke, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Hi, Mark. It's such an honor to speak with you. I'm Thank also you. 28 years old. Um, I was just calling you. I wanted to um, touch on a point you made earlier regarding uh, the New York Times and how they defended uh, the Holocaust and still. Well, they uh, didn't defend it. They uh, did all they could to push it to the back pages and they have admitted it. Yes. Yes. Um, But I wanted to touch on that point um, with how how these uh, organizations are still considered reliable, how people go to them. And I think one of the biggest points is just like how these uh, these people, corrupt people in the government, use circular reporting for the FISA warrant uh, with the Yahoo story. Um, Excellent point. And the Iran deal, they, instead of circular reporting, it's a circular authority. It's They mm-hmm. give each other credibility uh, when they repeat a lie a thousand times, just like um, during the campaign back when Don Lemon was able to say that Hillary didn't laugh about getting a child molester off when it was on a recording um, and the selling of baby body parts when we saw video evidence. But they can say mm-hmm. over and over again, and they parrot it from MSNBC to NBC to CNN, all the, the fake leftist media. Um, they, they parrot each other's stories, and it becomes credible because most of us, we're not paying attention trying to dissect every little thing. And, and, and by the way, this is an excellent call. Ian, do you notice they accuse others and other institutions of doing what the Democrat Party did in the past? Slavery, segregation, racism, uh Japanese internment camps, a lot of this stuff they throw up at Trump and others, and yet that's their history. 
Yeah, exactly. All It's just like what Hillary and the Democrats are doing right now. All Democrats and liberals do is project their own evil deeds, and that's how they can come up with such intricate, uh, developed stories about it that are so convincing. Um, but that, I think that's a major part of it, and especially with, um, uh, like, the YouTube adpocalypse, when that happened, it was during around the campaign because they realized that the people, they were losing control of the people. All of these people are getting much more views, much more attention than all of these mainstream outlets, and they realize that. And, of course, through Google uh, or ABC or whoever, they shut it down. They shut it down because these people were making a profit. What, 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 do, you, what do you make of the, of the political agenda of the Silicon Valley companies, you know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and how they are how they are using social media, abusing social media in a way that uh, is targeted at Republicans, at conservatives, and so forth. This is incredible. Yes, I I think so. I I think I fell for it most of my life. I was a superficial liberal until I started paying attention. Well, uh, most liberals are, my friend. But go right ahead. Um, and also through the the generation shift, uh, I think a lot of this started happening when millennials started getting into higher up positions of power. And if you just look at uh, these vloggers on YouTube and the superficial personalities and lives and just everything that they promote, it it it, it really paints a picture of the Silicon Valley mindset and how these people. They're just, they really are not in touch with reality. And I know everyone says that, but it, it really is. They're not in touch with reality. And Ian, all right, Ian, let me tell you, I'm going to send you a copy of Plunder and Deceit, which I think is a very important book. It goes through, you said you're 28 years old, goes through a uh, significant issues, which I believe are a, a grave threat to young people and people yet born. So I want to send you a copy of that. Thank you uh, so much. All right. Thank you, my friend. Excellent call. And, you know, uh, with respect to plunder and deceit, the student loan program, which is destructive to young people at this point, it's just overwhelming debt. Uh, You look at current entitlement programs throughout the federal government, young people and younger people and people not born yet, the amount of accumulated debt that's going to fall on their heads. It's just unbelievable. I, I, I am frustrated and disgusted with leftists who have children and grandchildren and they continue to vote for people that promote policies that are going to destroy their children and grandchildren their futures it's incredible to me um i assume they love their children i assume they love their grandchildren but they they have a way of compartmentalizing that is logic rationality and reason they compartmentalize that because if they really used any of those three, they would realize that the policies they support and the people they're voting for will destroy their progeny. And again, swinging back to the first hour, the media never report on these issues, certainly never in any kind of sustained way, as far as I'm concerned. All right, let's go to Barry in Florida. Let's move. Go ahead, Barry. What's up? How are you, Mark? You know, you're Uh, just talking about social media. Uh, my wife and I are just totally appalled by what Facebook's been doing. Recently, a platform for Holocaust deniers. A year ago, a platform for Jew haters. 
And uh, Zuckerberg had the unmitigated goal to parade out his vice president, Ms. Sandberg, at the time, who said she was Jewish, and it was all a problem of an algorithm. Well, people make algorithms, and then they go out on their own programmed way, and I'm sick and tired of their radical left anti-Jewish agenda. All right, my friend. Well, there's going to be a whole lot more of it because the left is getting uh, more and more hateful. You know, I'm sure you've been watching uh, these various fiascos play out over the past few weeks. Uh, And if you're watching the mainstream media coverage, you think President Trump is sending out henchmen to kidnap illegal alien children and to do all kinds of terrible things. The liberals hate Trump. In fact, they hate him so much that they're willing to bypass the truth completely in favor of their narrative. They can't let it go. But fortunately, at Conservative Review TV, CRTV, where we're honest about who we are, we're bringing some sanity to these storylines. We're not carrying water for the president, but we're definitely going to stand up for the president when he's doing the right things and doing them the right way. We've mentioned this recently on the show, but right now, for a limited time, we're offering all of you a free 30-day trial at CRTV. You've heard me talk about this a lot. Now's the time to pull the trigger. You can't afford to not know what's going on. And I'll tell you what, there's something that's really, um, well, it feels good to know that there's other people who feel like you do about this country. Well, where else are you going to go to get honest coverage? There's no other place you'll get the truth like we'll give to you, unfiltered and uncensored, from all of our hosts, especially me at Levin TV. So give us a call at 844-LEVIN-TV. That's 844-538-4688. We'll get you all set up, really, to watch in in, uh, less than five minutes. We can do that right now, so you can watch all weekend long. That's 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. We have a great clip out there on Levin TV of my youngest fan, probably my grandson Asher, my granddaughter Sloan, but seriously, the youngest fan, you got to check it out. Go to Levin TV Facebook, Levin TV Facebook, and it is hilarious, and it is wonderful. But the little baby, Rich, what happens? My show comes on, Levin TV comes on, and the little baby, he's sleeping Wakes up, perks up, and stares at it. Apparently does that every night. And he's got uh, just the greatest parents, too. So it's very, it's very cute and it's very funny. You ought to check it out. Go to Levin TV Facebook. Uh, those of you who are so cocksure that we're going to win the, uh, the midterm elections, and we might, uh, we're not going to win them unless we get a big turnout. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned about it. You should always run like you're behind. Same with any sporting event. You should always play like you're behind. But in politics, same thing. You should always run like you're behind. And we may be behind. And so uh, it's very, very important. I know it's way early, but you've got to start with the right mindset. Ah, come on. Whoa, ah, come on. No, it doesn't work that way. We've had the media pounding away day in and day out, day in and day out, trying to infuriate, upset the base of the Democrats so they turn out. Everybody's a racist. Everybody's a this. Everybody's a yeah, let's go vote. Let's go vote. 
So it's very, very important. Otherwise, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen the next two years after the midterm. The President of the United States won't be able to do a thing because the House of Representatives will be filing subpoenas, will be holding people in contempt. The Democrats know how to do this. Paul Ryan and the Republicans do not. Ladies and gentlemen, every Friday in your honor, America, go! Mr. President, we've got your back. Don't forget Life, Liberty, and Levin. 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Sunday night, my guest, Alan West. 
We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, ICE, and the Border Patrol. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. And good night, Zelda. Get Al-Qaeda. Get Iran. Get ISIS. Get Hezbollah. Get all those subhuman cockroaches. See you Sunday.